ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good. Really How's good. your week been since last we recorded? It's been good. We had uh, we had like an impromptu hotel visit. Uh, so we, we had to deal with the kids kind of like on motivation. For every thousand sales we get on Etsy, we get one night in a hotel. And Etsy really went kaboom, exploded on us during the COVID pandemic. But hotels are shut down. So <laughs> we've got these... Why don't let the kids say we got like six, five or six hotels banked that I guess we owe them, I guess. So uh, last Sunday, it's so smoky here with all the fires and stuff. And like literally, if you're outside for like a half an hour, your eyes would start to burn. And so I thought, you know what? It, it's hot and it's smoky. Let's go to a hotel. So we found, we got this hotel we like. It's got like water slides and a pool. And it's kind of nice because then you can just sit outside your hotel room and like from the time we check in at three o'clock till like 10 at night, the kids are just going, going, going. And then Steph and I can, you know, we hit the hot tub, we can read magazines and it's just nice. It's kind of like hanging out outside, but you're inside with chlorine. <laughs> but yeah, then that had a fairly busy work week and I'm stoked, man. It's like 10 degrees Celsius when I woke up. So this, this super hot weather, I think is about done for the year. And I am so stoked. And we got rain. We got a lot of rain this week, so that's great. Yeah, was, we've had nothing but rain. Oh, wow. For, ugh. Ugh. Not loving it, huh? No. Mm. You know, right now in Alberta, it's like, uh, I think it's the driest it's been in over 50 years. 80% of the yeah. entire province you know, we, is in uh, we Everybody emergency. needs rain right now. Yeah. We didn't here in the hollow, but we're still getting it, so. Hmm. What do you call it, the holla? Well, that's what it's, the little area here is a hollow. Oh, okay. And so, you know, country folk, it's yeah. just a holla. How about a holler? Is it the same thing? Yeah. Cool. Unless you're yelling, then that's a holler. That's, that's right, yeah. You know what I thought is interesting? So how do you say Missouri? Missouri. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I did a, a collaboration a couple years ago with uh, – Doug from Off Grid with Doug and Stacy, and he says it's called. If you're from Missouri, you call it Missouri. I know. I I lived there. Yeah. Um, from 2001 to 2005, and I never heard one person say Missouri. That's from there. Yeah, and maybe in the 1800s, <laughs> it was Missouri. Yeah. You know, maybe in all the Civil War movies, it's Missouri. It's like um, when people go Nolans. Yeah, yeah, I never yeah. heard anybody from <laughs> New Orleans say Nolans. Yeah, they're actually saying New Orleans. It's just very fast and draw. They they have that drawl to their uh, language, uh, to their speech. Yeah, and it might sound like Nolans, but they're saying New Orleans. Just yeah. stop it, people. Yeah, I had comments on that video because he said on the video he says if you're from Missouri, you call it Missouri. And a lot of people comment on it. It's like, I live in Missouri, and we say Missouri, not Missouri. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, weird. 
Maybe is so that. If you're from there and never went to school, you walk yeah. around with a piece of hay in your freaking teeth. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. With a straw hat and no <clears throat> shoes. <laughs> yeah. Pretending you're um, Tom Sawyer with your buddy Jim. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's Missouri. No, it isn't. Stop it. You know, those are the movies I loved when I was a kid. All those Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and, and when Disney would do, like, I remember seeing, I don't know if it's Disney, I shouldn't necessarily say that, but, you know, they do these, like, films and they're, this is like the early 80s. Man, they were so good and they'd, like, go fishing with a bucket and a pail and yeah. climb trees and, oh, man, I wish. They, they, uh, they, they were good, wholesome movies that taught moral lessons. And mischief, you know, they got in mischief, Absolutely. but it looked like way more fun. And they got fun. in trouble. You know, yeah. there was always consequence for the mischief. <laughs> They'd get drug across the floor by their ear and then hit with a, spanked with a corn whisk or, broom, you know. Or something would happen when they were being mischievous and they had to work out the the lesson themselves, you know. Yeah. They had to figure it out. They didn't get that adult um, chastisement. They had to work it out for themselves. Like in that, oh God, that one movie, what it Stand By Me? I don't know if I've seen it or not. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Those, man, those are the ones that we seek out for our kids. Some of the old classics. And, and with the, the new Disney streaming service, they've got some pretty good ones. It was really funny. On all of the old ones, they, they always have that disclaimer. And it's like, for entertainment purposes only, uh, this may be offensive to some people. And it doesn't represent... Whatever, because they're, and some of them are fairly racy, right? Like, you know, we watched Gone with the Wind. Yeah. That, that is, <laughs> that is a, that's got a little bit of racism in it. And it's, I'm like, wow, this is actually, I could see why they say that. Because yeah, by today's Everyone standards, is so stupid. They can't figure out that was made in the 20s and 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come and on. Uh, oh, this is racist. We need to delete the movie, right? No, it was made in the 20s. Shut up. Yeah. Use this as a lesson how not to be. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm I'm shocked that Disney actually still has a lot of these movies because you know what the con- cancel culture of today, you know, just everything has to go away. It's oh like, no, the one of the best overall Disney movies ever made is Band. So, what one's that? Song of the South. I've never heard of it. And I own both uh, versions of that movie. <laughs> well, there you go. Someone with Brer Rabbit. Uh, I didn't know it. Oh, okay. I've heard of I'm it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, send this to you. <laughs> yeah, boot, boot like a copy of it. <laughs> That's the one I have. Both of them I have are uh, on the home server I built. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, ever all the movies I have, I've digitized. You know? Yeah. You know, all the music I have, I've digitized. Uh, anyway, hmm. and then I subscribe every month. It's thirty bucks a month to this service that uh that um keeps up an electronic library and i can watch or download from okay that's cool yeah no it's uh it's interesting i was was, there's a gentleman i forget his exact instagram name glc or glg knife works or something like that um he put a picture or a video on instagram and I would try. We won't get too political here, but 
is is basically in Australia. They're force vaccinating children in some places. And there's this video, there's police officers there and they're kind of standing by and they're trying to get this kid to go away from his parents to get his vaccine. And the kid didn't want to and the parents didn't want to. And then they actually, you know, grabbed the kid, physically started pulling him away from his parents. The parents kind of jumped in. The police jumped on the parents, held them down, and they literally dragged this kid into a room to give him his vaccination. And so he didn't say too much about it in his comment section, but and he put one post. The, the first one was a uh, warning. This may, this may trigger some people. Right. And then you swipe and then you see the video and I saw it yesterday morning and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. It was taken down by Instagram and he put it up again and he said, let's try this again. Taken down by Instagram. And then in his stories, he said, well, just so you know, he said, here's, so he started a new Instagram account. I wish I knew it. I don't have it in front of me, but instead of GLG knife works, it's forge works. He goes, I'm pretty sure Instagram's going to shut my account down permanently now. And you know, like that, that, that's the culture we live in. And that's the danger is that if you speak anything other than what somebody has decided you should hear, they, they take it away. You know, I put a post on Instagram once and I saw some of my friends that I, I know had posted it and they had small accounts, right? Like a hundred people and they actually know everybody that follows them. And they had this post up for about a week and I thought, oh, that's a good one. I, I'm going to do that too. So I put it up and in nine seconds, Instagram took it down and I got yeah, a warning. It's all based on your ability to get a message out, how big yeah. your audience is. Because I've put up some stuff that literally should have gotten me not just deleted, but Instagram come to my house and murder me. And I just d decided a year later to take it down myself. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I don't have a following, mm -hmm. you know, and well, I see some good people, post, you know, some big channels that post something that I agree with or, you know, I'll disagree with, but want to make a counterpoint, you know, their stuff gets deleted and mine stays up. Yeah. So, whatever. I know. I always thought about that, like with my YouTube and my Instagram, I never, ever did anything political, even though I've got very strong opinions and beliefs. And I remember I put this one post is about Justin Trudeau and it was taken away. And I thought, oh man, you know, I've, I've been silent politically because I don't, I mean, here, what do people, if anybody says, hey, I'm kind of interested in what he's doing. Why was that? Because of something I made most likely. Right. I mean, that's number one reason. Okay, cool. I want to learn how to make a knife too. Maybe if I watch this guy, I'll pick up something that would help me. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people get these platforms and they get misconstrued that everyone really cares about everything. They think about everything. And it's like, that's not the case. You know, I, I subscribe to you because I like your woodworking. Now, if you're going to tell me how to vote, piss off. Right. And, and I think that's fair. And that's also another reason why I don't get political because, you know, if, if I want to really be political, then I should start my own a political talk show on YouTube, right? And if people want to subscribe for that, they're getting what they came for. But um sounds yeah. like our next venture. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. As soon as you get better internet, we're doing it. Yeah, there we go. We'll do we a do that. A, you know, a daily political video podcast. Yeah, drop a bunch of truth bombs. Yeah. Yeah. So so we uh some of our listeners may not know that in Canada this week Justine Trudeau, he called an election. So 
He dissolved, asked to dissolve Parliament and call an election, and he thinks that essentially he's two years into his term right now. Why not wait for two more years? The, the, the problem I have is that it, you know election costs taxpayers millions of dollars. And he thinks somehow that he's got a, a good chance of getting reelected right now. He thinks he's popular right now. And so he's like, oh, look it. Instead of just two more years, I can have a guaranteed four. But I don't know. I, I it's don't so know. confusing to me that the Canadian prime minister can dissolve parliament and just call for new elections. I know. I, what? Why isn't he in but, jail? You know. Like, literally, why is he not in jail yet? He has, there have been four things that, he, that he's been investigated for that he's just shut down because he would be found guilty, like legitimately. You know, it, it, you think about this. I, I wish Canadians weren't so idiotic and stupid because I, I think gen, everyone in general, all society has gone fully mental. But, you know, right now the prairies are in like the worst drought in 50 years. Like 80% of Alberta is in an agricultural uh, state of emergency. Like we're literally getting 80, 80% of the crops that we had. So it's tough, right? Right now, right? Like things are kind of, people aren't uh, prospering right now. People are stressed out. People are freaking out. It's hot. Over half of the province of British Columbia, the population, they're on an evacuation notice right now for wildfires. And little boy wonder says, let's call an election. Like literally doesn't know what's going on in his own country. The last thing we need right now when this election happens is going to be in the middle of harvest time. A harvest that's going to be smaller than it's been for 50 years. Stress much. Let's have an election. I would like you to think about me. And then British Columbia, these people don't know if they're going to have to flee their houses and their houses are going to burn down. Let's call an election. I would like you to think about me. Man, this guy's a tool. And I, I'm sorry, at, at, the, at the risk of being offensive, the people in the East keep voting this clown donkey in. And I'm, oh, I'm so sick and tired of it. Like, I know some people in the East, and I gather hopefully that, that they're good salt-of-the-earth people, but people that vote for Justin Trudeau are not that. They're voting for a man that gives $10 million dollars to a terrorist who killed a Canadian soldier on Canadian soil who had his back turned. That is Justin Trudeau. He gave him $10 million. Like, like this, I, I just don't understand it. He wants to completely censor the internet with this, uh, what, I forgot what the bill is, see something. And he, he claims in the name of promoting Canadian content creators. Well, that's garbage. Because you know what? Canadian content creators are doing just fine. I, you know, we have this thing with the CBC and the Canadian broadcasting regulations where a certain percentage of all songs on the radio have to be Canadian. A certain percentage of television shows have to be Canadian. To me, that's bogus because either Canadians are going to be good enough that you'd want to listen to in the first place, or if Canadians suck, why would you throw that in people's ears? Why would you make people watch that, you know? The Nationalism. Canadian, yeah, but the thing is, Canada and doesn't have a control yes that's what this is he wants complete control yeah and that's like oh man like, like like just let's think about this and even so in october 31st you're not allowed to leave canada if you did not get your covid vaccination no this is the only question do you believe that a government has a right to stick something in you that you don't agree with yes or no 
and it's only a yes we or no. We might have to flush that question out a little bit more. How? How so? No, if you just went to the ballot and saw, should your government be allowed to stick something in you? Uh, wait a minute. Uh, what are we talking about here? Well, yeah, I know. And should your government have the right to give you any medical intervention or any drug vaccination that they want? Yes or no? And it's a, it's, you know, some people are like oh, I think it's good. Shouldn't be if you didn't get a vaccination. So you agree with medical tyranny rather than medical freedom? Like you, as a, by saying that you agree with everybody has to be vaccinated, you are one hundred percent. And, and be very clear, don't misunderstand this at all. And this is why it's important. You are saying that I don't think a Canadian citizen has a right to decide what goes into their body chemically. The government has the right to do what they want and have has more authority than the individual. Well, um, let's go deeper into this. I'm actually glad somebody else brought this up. Uh, let's go a little deeper into it and what I think, I agree with you, but only on COVID for the sake of this conversation. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that shouldn't be the question. Should the government be allowed to do this? Or, uh, is COVID, COVID-19 and all variants of such seriousness that it should be considered on equal playing field as mumps, measles, rubella, polio? Absolutely which are, um, you know, required vaccines, you know. Well, they're kids. not. They've never been required in Canada. I, I know. And we're going to confuse our audience a little bit because I'm talking from an American point of view and you're talking from a Canadian point of view. Yeah. So, And not everything's going to be a direct parallel. But um, we have certain vaccines in the United States that are mandatory and for good reason, allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, I didn't know that. I didn't know you had mandatory vaccines. See, we have like yeah, oh yeah. Strongly for you kids suggested. to go to school, they have to be vaccinated on certain things: um, mumps, measles, rubella, polio. You know. Hmm. See, I know it's a it's a choice here, and and before this whole pandemic, you'd hear the word anti-vaxxers, and we've got friends that are anti-vaxxers, and I'm certainly not. Um, but they choose not to have their kids get any vaccinations, and. and um, I'm not with that. I, like I've been vaccinated with all the stuff, mumps, yeah. measles, rubella, yeah. whatever it is. And whooping cough, all that mess. But yeah, I, well, here's what I, what my point was, is COVID-19 on that level? No, no. not even close, not even close. So and people are saying, uh, trust science, trust science, <laughs> trust your government, trust science. Okay. I'll play your game, but you have to answer this. Um, science people, and I don't mean the scientists, people that are out there saying, oh, listen to our scientists that are telling us what we agree with, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Answer me this. You, snowflakes, are pro-choice, not pro-life. But science tells us bacteria on Mars is proof of life. But a heartbeat on Earth isn't. Mm-hmm. Just saying, people. Yeah. The scientists also have political and religious ideology that flavors their message. It does. 
It's not even ideology. They're humans. It's agendas. It, they're humans. Every human has an agenda. Come on, people. Mm-hmm. No matter. I, I really, really um, try to be objective as much as I possibly can. And I'll admit, I am until I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain things I'm agenda driven on, and there's and I call it morality. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm pro life. You know, I used to say, you know, I was pro life, but for these things. No, I'm just pro life. Yeah. Um, and why? What changed my mind on all that? I saw some horrific things during some training. Um, I had to attend a, uh, an infant uh, autopsy. Mm-hmm. I also had to attend a, uh, a pregnant lady who passed away. They were keeping her dead body on life support to support the fetus mm-hmm. for another two weeks till it was um, of such a term where they could take a healthy baby out of a dead body. Ugh, I had to watch all that just for, for some training and in real life, you know, like yeah, yeah. in the observation chamber above the uh, yeah. operating theater. And that changed my mind about what, well, were there any instances where, you know, choice over turn? No, there's not really. No, I agree. Um, now you talk about rape, incest, mother's life in danger. That should be left up to them, mm-hmm. not me, not the government. You know, it's funny because I had this debate uh, with some guys I worked with years ago. And uh, they're, they're church-going Christian guys. And he said, no, no, it's a woman's right. I said, no, it's not. He goes, what about the instance of rape? And I said, here's the thing. Rape is a sin. Sin has consequence. And consequence affects more than just the person who sins. Doing something wrong isn't just affecting the one who has the wrong done to them. It affects a large thing. That's why it's like, oh, let's just take away the consequence. You can't. You can't. You're delusional. Everything has a consequence. You know, uh, one of my favorite things to say, this is like my life motto. It, when people say, oh, you have to do this. I say, the only thing I have to do is someday die. Everything else is a choice. I'm like, no, it's not true. Yes, it is. Uh, y- you have to pay taxes. No, I don't. No, there's a consequence to it, but I don't have to. I'll go to jail if I don't, but I don't have to. I have that choice, see? The only thing I don't choose is the death that's going to come someday for me. And you you can kind of choose how that goes if you want, but if you want to walk out in your front yard right now, put a gun in your mouth. But I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm so happy, Jeremy, that I have found another living human being that agrees with me that everything we do is a choice. Yeah. And then the important part of that, everything has a consequence. Absolutely. You, you cannot get away from that consequence. People like, and my uh, wife absolutely hates me for that because um, I always think everything I do, four or five consequences down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, if I walk out my door right now, this, you know, and I don't stop and do it. It's all automatic in your head because you can think way faster than people realize. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. cause you can think, well, what if I drink this cup of coffee? Well, then I might be jittery for my job interview and they'll think I'm on drugs and blah, 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 blah. All of that is so it's faster than instant in your head. Yeah. Right. You don't even know you're considering 
some of the consequences you do consider because um, the human equation is based on consequences, free mm-hmm. choice, people, free will. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, but I'm so happy to find another human being that agrees with me. Everything's a choice. You know, um, oh, let, you know, drugs are bad because they make people addicted. No, your choice makes you addicted. Mm-hmm. Jerk off. Um, you choose to open that bottle every day, whether it's alcohol or drug. You choose to put that pipe up to your lips. You choose to go out and rob a bank. You choose to sit on your fat butt at home and collect welfare. Or you choose to be a good person, get a job, be a productive member of society. It's all a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem is that we're taking away the consequence. Same thing with, you know, with rape. It's like, oh, no, nobody should have to pay the consequence of that. Well, I'm sorry. This this thing that happened, this sin, and we're going to use the word sin because it is sinful, it's wrong, uh, that created a human life, uh, you know, that brought a human life into existence. Uh, that is a consequence, but it doesn't have to be bad, right? Uh, when we look at society, our, it, it seems that our the powers that be are trying to remove as much consequence as possible. Uh, you know, you can yeah, collect the birth. Personal can, responsibility. Oh, my God, you're not responsible. You know, the white man made you do it, or religion made you do it, or TV made you do it, or go all the way back to the PMRC in the 80s. Um, it, those are the people that put labels on records, people, um, that said, oh, you shouldn't let your kids listen to this. They said, you know, Ozzy Osbourne made kids go commit murder. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Yeah. Bad parenting did. Yeah. And it's not to say things don't have influence, but ultimately, like, 100% personal responsibility onus, right? Like, you, like I say, like, we're just breeding up an entire culture, an entire generation of no consequence. Like, oh, uh, you're scared of the Wuhan sniffles. You don't have to go to work. Your government will pay you to just sit at home and do nothing. So now, the, the the regular consequence of not working is that you don't get paid, and then you starve. And then when you get hungry, you get motivated. But like, you know what? I'm freaking hungry, man. My belly button is rubbing my backbone. I'm getting a blister. I need to go to work. I need to eat some food. I need to earn some yep. money. Every. That's- how it should work, but our government Every. says no, 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 no. You just sit, you just sit back, just sit back, relax. We will take away any consequence, everything like that. And and I don't, I don't know why people don't see it. Like, man, this entire planet well, who wants to suffer consequence for their bad decisions. The weak people do not want to. This is why they fall for it. They don't want consequence. Yeah, and it, they don't want to f- feel worse than they already feel. And you know the thing is, it's they've never been given the chance of, of having the reward of actually doing something hard and accomplishing it. Like when you work hard all day long and you get a paycheck, that feeling is way better than the feeling of like, oh, I just got to stay at home and collect checks. I don't have to work for a living. You know, they don't yeah. get that deep satisfaction that I'm I'm fulfilling my role as a human being by doing this work, by contributing to society. At the end of the day, you lay your head on the pillow, you're exhausted, you know, your hands are sore, and it's like, ah, you close your eyes in good conscience and say, I did something today. I made this world better by my efforts. And your sleep is so sweet. You rest so good. And I'm convinced that 
there's like literally 30 somethings out there that have never once experienced that in their life. <laughs> they don't know what that feels like. You know, I had a, a friend from Quebec and, and generally I don't, Quebec is a very different place and a lot of people from Quebec have very different ideals, but I had a friend, his name was Daniel and we were working together in Moscow. We were there rebuilding this orphanage and how old was I? I was 15 years old. Moscow, six months, no fair, like all by myself with these other kids. And I remember he said something that stuck with me to this day. Uh, one job that we had was these these roofs that they had weren't pitched a lot. Like they're fairly shallow pitches and they'd get huge snow loads on them. And there'd be like literally, I don't know, three foot, two foot, three foot thick snow. And it would kind of sort of get harder, really pack down snow. And it was, it was a structural concern, right? So our job was to go up on the roof. We'd tie ourselves in so we wouldn't fall off, but we'd have to take these axes and cut chunks and we'd tape off the street below and we'd push these huge bits of snow down. And and some of these things, we'd push them like 10 feet long and it was exhausting. It was, it was cold outside, but we're just sweating like crazy. And we did this all day one day. And I remember he said, well, I've earned my sleep tonight. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And I, I, I never thought about that. Like, like, I hate going to sleep if I haven't earned it. Like his idea was that he should be physically tired at the end of the day. And I'm like, that is absolutely brilliant. That That in itself is a satisfying life. <laughs> That's what satisfaction is. It's like, I did a great job. I put everything I had into it and I'm tired. And now I actually earned my rest. This sleep that I'm going to have, this is what, this is my reward, right? And, and that's a consequence that people will never experience. And it's sad and it's pathetic. And the world is as soft as a bad banana right now. Yeah, I, I've said all, all my life, and I don't know where I came up with it, but I've said it my whole life. Um, if it came down to uh, welfare or working, I would rather shovel shit with a rubber spoon <laughs> to bring to to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, to make money to put food on the table. Yeah. Um, and you know, anybody who's ever had to shovel any kind of manure you can appreciate having to do that with a rubber spoon. Uh, mm-hmm. Ain't going to work very well. You're going to have yeah. to work 18 times as hard, but it's better than taking something for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and believe me, I took, it took me 17, 13 years, 13 years from of my wife constantly and other people constantly badgering me to go to the doctor and pursue some VA benefit because I can't walk very well. Mm-hmm. My spine is trying to kill me. And it's all related to two injuries I suffered while I was on active duty where I broke my back in five places total. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I just didn't feel good about it. And they're like, but they owe you at least enough to fix your back. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I finally did that. Um, and I don't consider it any kind of charity or welfare. Cause believe me, I paid for it. Oh, yeah. Dearly. Um, Now, having said all that, we have some other uh, family members that they'll go to a restaurant and they'll eat three quarters of their meal and then complain about it (laughs) to get it free. Yeah. Um, I have a mother-in-law like that. (laughs) Welfare scammers. They're unemployment scammers. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it just disgusts me. Um, In fact, uh, the last time... One of the la- 
yeah, one of the two last times we ever had dinner with those people anywhere, um, they pulled that crap. And then we went behind the scenes and paid for their dinner because I couldn't. I like, no, no, they're scamming you. They coming yeah. back here again. They're scamming you. Here, I feel really bad about it. Here's money for their food. You know? mm. Yeah. Um. And I feel that you know, you know, Jesus or karma is gonna, you know, wrote that in the my ledger. You know. Do you ever feel so, like just calling them out, being like, "What are you doing, you thieves? Like you guys are, you guys are just." Oh, oh God, they don't care. Uh. I did. I have called them out. They'd laugh about it. Wow. They're like, what are they going to do? Well, you know, we'll just make them more of a scene. They'll just give us the food to get rid of us. Yeah. I'd be like, and they you do. Know what? I'll never go out with you again, you piece of shit. And they don't care. Huh. They just don't. Hmm. Um, what we found out is they were just pretending to like us. We're family members. Um, so they could stay with us when they came to town. They cut that off. Oh, that's been, been cut off. Yeah. Um, uh, and now they're that whole family name is like a word we use for scammers now. Oh, they're yeah. pulling a Wilson. Oh, they're pulling a Wilson. You know, yeah. it's hilarious. It's funny. Um, but you know, circling back and we'll tie a bow in it and get on something happier, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but everything in your life is a choice folks. And for our audience, you know what a choice of yours should be? To go to whatever platform you downloaded our podcast on and give that a five-star rating and share it with all your friends and enemies. That would be a choice. You could do that. Yes, and it's got a beautiful consequence. (laughs) And not doing it is a choice, and that does have consequences. we got friends, yo. Yeah, I know where you live. (laughs) (laughs) Not just... Not just Chuck Norris will come to your house and kill you, but Bruce Lee as well. Yeah. I'm the bump in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, speaking of Chuck Norris, you know, I, I think one of my favorite, we were talking a little bit before <laughs> we recorded about useless kind of dumb memes, but these ones are positive. Like my favorite ones that you just, you hear those Chuck Norris jokes. Like uh, when Chuck Norris does a push-up, he's actually pushing the world down. Yes. (laughs) Those are my favorite. I don't know what it is, but a piece of like pop culture, you know, useless bit of words. Those are some of my favorite. What are some other ones? Oh, like death came looking for Chuck Norris and got scared and ran away or something. Like just some of them are written so well and they just, man, I read those to my kids. We love those. Those are good. He reminds me of myself. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, no, it, uh, we have had, uh, so I went to town yesterday, this is totally, like, totally left turn, and uh, left for town, packages on the bike, looked like it could rain, the, the forecast said rain in the afternoon, as I get closer to the city, a little bit more rain, a little bit more rain, and when I'm on the highway, it's fine, right, because my body pretty much shields the packages, so they stay dry, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to be in stop and go traffic soon. Pulled over and I always keep an emergency garbage bag just for this purpose. Put it over the packages and they go. And I'm not joking, like probably two minutes after I'd covered them up, it just started pouring. And I was riding my motorbike in the rain for probably 45 minutes, like pouring rain. And uh, man, it was a blast. I, yeah, you got to be careful <laughs> because you don't have the traction normally. But man, is that ever fun. 
even even in the rain, I think motorbikes are more fun than cars. And I had a really good like this suit that I bought. Well, that kind of depends. Suit. If you're on your way to a wedding, yeah, maybe not so much. Oh, always better. <laughs> always better. No, not always. Yeah, yeah. wedding schmetting. You, know, you just show up as you are. And you've been riding for six hours, and then it starts raining. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. If it's in October, and it's forty-five degrees, yeah, not so much. I'm a I'm. A, so the coldest I've ever ridden a motorcycle was. I had to go to the Edmonton airport to do maintenance. Like once a week, I had to go up there and I just bought my bike and it was April, but we had a really cold spell. And when I left my house, it was minus 13 degrees Celsius on a CBR 900, a crotch rocket. And it had a backpack full of tools. And I got from Strathmore, there's this one Tim Hortons in Airdrie. I remember pulling in there. I was so cold. I got to hardly operate the clutch and I was worried about just plowing my bike into something. And I put my hands around a cup of coffee and stayed there for 45 minutes. I thought, you know what? I just need to suffer through this. Jumped back on my bike. When I made it to Edmonton, it was minus two degrees Celsius. And I kid you not, I didn't have any white in my eyeballs. They were completely bloodshot <laughs> from being so cold. And I, I, it was kind of miserable. But the ride home, it got up to like 17 degrees. And it was beautiful. And I was like, man, I would definitely do that again. I don't know. I'm I'm sick in the head. I don't mind suffering on a motorbike. I rode to Vancouver once, going over the Coquihalla Pass. It was a Harley Davidson, and we had to take a company truck there. And so my dad was like, oh, why don't you ride the motorbike? And we get going, and we rode all night long. Like, I think we left at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, rode all through the night, made it to Vancouver, I don't know, like 8 in the morning. But when we were going over the pass, there was 4 inches of snow on the ground. And the guy said, I'm not going to let you go. I said, you know, it's not, it's not up to you. You either close the road down to traffic or else I'm going. He goes, well, motorbikes can't drive on this. I said, you just watch. <laughs> and my dad's like, uh, okay, Jerry, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> and I was like, do you want to ride dad? He goes, no, I'm good. You ride the bike. This is my dad's Harley. And he's like, no. So he's sitting in his truck. He's got a nice hot coffee and I'm just riding in the snow. And dude, man, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, love it. I joke, I joke, but it's the same mentality we had as kids. You take your sled and you fight an hour. Just arduous fighting up that hill, you know, <laughs> neck deep snow, grabbing on the limbs, pulling yourself up for a 35-second ride down the hill. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? That's true. <laughs> but it's 100% worth it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and then you get to the bottom of the hill, you're like, wow, that was fast. Yeah. Let's go again. You know, it's funny, and it's the the rot, the trip up the hill that makes you a better person. And, and not even thinking of it deeply, you're getting your exercise, you're working your muscles, your body is is having good things happen. You're you're making it do hard stuff, and you get the little reward at the bottom. But you know, it's it's the the part up that actually makes you better. Not the fun part necessarily, and it's it's often not the part we think about. Right? It's like eh, whatever. You just have to do it. Yeah, you know, in the city of Calgary, it's illegal to go tobogganing. <laughs> they actually made it a bylaw. You're not allowed to go tobogganing because it's too dangerous. <laughs> Next Those thing are you, future taxpayers. We need to preserve their lives. Yeah. Next thing you know, everybody's going to walk, be walking around in masks. <laughs> everybody's going to look like the Michelin man with a surgical oh, mask on. Dude, okay, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, my eyes are being... Like, 
I'm serious. COVID is not about a respiratory thing. It's it's not breathing. No, COVID is an obesity pandemic. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. The deaths are, you know, you have to have one or more comorbidity factors, generally speaking, to die from it. the The average is two comorbidity mm-hmm. factors. If you got two comorbidity factors. You're pretty much a dead man walking anywho. Yeah. You know. And this pandemic has created one comorbidity in so many people. Yeah. Man. Oh, let's sit at home on your fat butt and get <sighs> fatter. And, and, you know, we're going to shut down the gyms, but the liquor stores are still open. Because yeah. that just makes sense. You know, interesting, interesting thing. So, province of British Columbia, they had this, like, super crazy heat wave. Uh. And it is uh, two weeks of incredible heat. There's literally towns that just kind of completely were engulfed in flames. But that heat wave, not the fires, the actual heat, killed more than half of the people that COVID has in that province since it started. More than half in a week and a half from heat than COVID in that province. And we're calling COVID a pandemic. We're scared about this. What? Don't, don't, people, don't. Listen, don't listen to that. Turn on the news. You know, we've got a Delta variant now that you need to jump out of your boots in fear. And you need to be scared. You know what? Unfortunately, here, it's like 78% of people that get the Delta variant have had the COVID vaccine. It's really weird. You know, the science. So I get this. I'm 100% immune from getting COVID. No, not really. Oh, okay. It's science. Cool. Oh, don't don't think for yourself, people. Just just put your little your little sheeple suit on, watch your television, listen to your government, and it'll all be okay. We'll the all get fat. Is, the problem is with this type of virus, cold or flu, there's no vaccine. Like no. polio vaccine means you don't get polio and die, right? Yeah, you don't get crippled. Polio doesn't morph and change. A well no of uh, Flu vaccine, vaccine, it's a flu. That's why for years and decades and hundreds of millions of years, we call it a flu shot. Yeah, that's all it is. This because it's is a, flu a preventative shot. maybe measure. Yeah. It'll help you. Um, this flu shot we're giving you will help you protect yourself against this particular strain of flu. And if you don't already have it, you're not going to get it from the shot, and if you don't, if you haven't already had it, and it's not introduced into your body, the strain of flu the shot is for, likely not going to get it after you get the shot. Next year's, you know, is a new thing. Yeah, but oh, and that's what they're saying. It's they not got a, a vaccine. Yeah. that you're getting for the flu, and this shouldn't be called a vaccine. No, because because same principle, and they're saying boosters. Well, do you know, it's not going to be a booster of the exact same thing they put in you. It's going to be something adapted to the new version of the flu that's going around. Yeah. Like legit. You know, I got a flu shot once and it was during the, uh, the swine flu pandemic. Well, they never called it a pandemic then. The old H1N1, the Heaney. And um, I just got a regular flu shot and I thought, okay, I'll do this. I got sick more that year than I had in my entire life combined. I think I got the flu like four or five times in one year. And I'm usually once every five to 10 years that I'll get sick. Like I'm a healthy dude. Okay. Like my body is so full of piss and vinegar. 
that nothing survives in it except for me. <laughs> and, yeah, if you get a uh, flu shot, I mean, with a needle, it's not live virus. The only live virus flu vaccine is the up-the-nose spray. Mm. Um, and you can't get sick from a non-live virus. All it does is, you know, alert your immune system that, hey, you might want to get prepared for something that looks like me. Whatever it did, it ma- it made me worse off that year than yeah. I've ever been in my life. And well, I don't care what anybody H1N1, says. H1N1, we had three or four flu variants at the same time. Hmm. Um, I think it was three normal old flu variants and then and then the swine flu. Hmm. And didn't more people die the first year of H1N1 than the first year with COVID? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. But, you know, no. But since the Democrats were in charge then, it's not a pandemic. Yeah. We can't we can't tell people these things because we'll get canceled. This is cancel culture, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I am... Um, Last week we had, uh, you know, the the preeminent virologist on Earth, an eminent sage, Arnold Schwarzenegger, saying that the sheeple are actually the people, the anti-vaxxers, the anti-maskers. And he opened up his little spiel with, if anybody knows viruses, it's me, because I've studied these things for 50 years. I know he's just, he went to school to become a scientist, right? And he has some credentials. You ever worked as one? Have you ever studied, you know, at work like a virologist would? No, you've been an actor and a politician. Shut up. <laughs> you're, you know, you're here. I went explaining. to school and studied psychology. I'm not a psychologist. You hear Arnold explaining uh, about how that knife was made? Did you ever see that? No. Okay, you should look it up because after I see that, he talks like he knows this stuff. This I even forget what he says, but it is absolutely ludicrous. Like, this steel is heated up to all these degrees, and it's blah, 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 and he has all this stuff. I'm like, you are so full of crap, man. Like, that is not at all what's happening there. That that The stuff he says that makes the steel better, it's like, oh, wow, it's so funny. And he speaks to that with such... Uh, belief in himself. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So if he's going to tell me about viruses, I'll just re- revert back to that and be like, I'm sorry, good indication of future performance was past performance, and I don't trust anything you say based on your past performance. Well, you know, the only thing you've studied for the last 50 years, Arnold, is uh, how to smoke marijuana illegally, um, preparing yourself for Mr. Universe, and overweight Hispanic maids. That's all yeah. you've done. Yeah. <laughs> Just shut up. Yeah. Totes. You married into the an offshoot of the Kennedy family and screwed it up. Shut up. Yeah. It's so funny how people think, uh, you know, that, and everybody's, you know, they'll, they'll believe certain people's like, everyone believes Bill Gates and his thoughts on whatever's going on, right? It's so funny. It's like, last time I checked, I mean, that's not what Bill Gates was known for. Isn't he just a little nerd who made computers and inferior ones at that? He, oh, no, no, no. He's, he's going to say Inferior to what? I don't know anything better. Apple. No. Sorry. Apple. No, you're wrong, no. Todd. Nope. Your personal opinion's incorrect. You lose. <laughs> they're, they're both meant for a purpose. Um, 
if you want to work for a living, you get Windows. If you want to play on welfare and want to have to buy the government to buy you a new computer every year because of programmed obsolescence, get Apple. <laughs> That's what I think about that, Todd. You are wrong. If you if you word process or you data process, True. you can't use an Apple. They're not True. conducive I, to that. I'm with you there 100%. If you uh, if you make cat videos for YouTube, get an Apple. <laughs> no, get, get a PC because cat videos are stupid. <laughs> uh, you and just so the audience quality. knows, I own both. So just shut up. This is a this is shtick, people. <laughs> yes, that's right. I've worked forever, and I, I agree 100. percent So when I worked at at, at GNS doing my job as a project manager, uh, working with databases and even just simple like not overly complicated spreadsheets. Even now, I mean, I put spreadsheets together, you know, I'm doing business accounting and stuff like that, and I'm doing it all on a, on a Mac, and I don't like it. I would rather have a PC just for that. Like, my one son has a PC the school got for him, and just because I'm not used to the newer operating systems, I find it clunky to get around. Now, that's just a matter of, you know, the first time you go from a automatic to a stick shift, it takes getting used to, but definitely better at processing data and word processing PC gets it all the way. That's why when I had my uh, MacBook Air, I mean, I still have it. It's right there. But Apple obsolescence to me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I bought the Microsoft Office suite for it so I could do my, you know, that kind of stuff. And when I, you know, you want mobile apps or video stuff or audio, you go to use the Apple stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, audio, visual, processing. Mm -hmm. Uh, photography, just night and day difference. You know, people ask me the questions all the time. Hey, I, I want to get into YouTube. Um, what editing software do you use? And I'll I'll tell them it's like, you know, I started out with iMovie and now I use Final Cut Pro. And like, oh no, but I'm not I'm not going to do it on a, on a Mac. I'm going to have it on a PC. And I said, I can't help you. I, I haven't found anything that works well, unless you've got a crazy spec'd out like a gaming type thing where it's emphasized on the graphics. Uh, you're going to have a hard time, you know, getting a good performing PC. You, you can't go into to Best Buy and just buy like a, a PC laptop and, and quickly edit videos. Uh, not the same way. You know, dollar for dollar, you buy a $2,000 PC laptop or $2,000 MacBook. 100 times faster doing video processing on the MacBook than the PC. But And if you're networking, like I have such a hard time... Um, using a home network with Apple. Hmm. It, it Apple just doesn't make it easy um, at all. Yeah. But anywho, um, when I was, when I started gun collecting in earnest, I, um, and then had a lot, I was like, hmm, I need an inventory control system. And there's not really an off the shelf good product for that. So I was, I just, wrote my own database because uh, I used to do that for part of work. And I've used, you know, access for Windows, and I've used the uh, database software that Apple owns. They didn't write it, but they own it. I've used them both. I've built databases in both, and access is so much easier to use on the front end. Mm -hmm. Um I'm sorry, on the back end. Um, 
how your data is managed and how you can share that data amongst different programs. Way easier in Windows. Um, the user interface is easier in Apple, but how it deals with your data, it, it's horrible. Hmm. Uh, That's interesting. You know what I love about Apple, and I don't know if Windows does this too, but uh, like they've got like handoff. So if I'm working on something on my computer, uh, my laptop, and I want to get my iPad Air out, you know, it, it'll do, do a handoff so I can see, okay, what's the recent thing I've worked? And somehow it just knows, right? Like everything just seems so well connected. And the AirDrop I use all the time. So like I can take a picture really? of my phone. What's that? I said, really? You AirDrop? AirDrop. Oh my gosh. I can't airdrop from my iPad Pro to my iPhone. Really? Which is newer. And you but got, you I got can't... all the settings adjusted? Yes. Um, Apple can't even tell me why it wasn't more. They said the there's something they did that it won't it just won't work. They just told me we can give you a long and drawn out reason, but that iPhone and that and I don't mean just mine, I mean every iPhone like the one I have and every iPad Pro like the one I have won't airdrop. But my wife has like a super old like iPhone 6 or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I can airdrop to her. Oh, weird. On all of my devices. Um, and when my had my uh, MacBook Air, mm-hmm. Couldn't do it, uh, AirDrop. I could, that and my phone could AirDrop, but my iPad Pro and the laptop wouldn't. Uh, uh, really, people? Hmm. Why can't you make all of your stuff? And that's something that has frustrated Apple users for years, is that they say everything works with everything, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And they and, and the program obsolescence, and they put a like a hard date on it. Because oh, yeah. I bought, I mean, my, I put my uh, MacBook Air was only four years old. And they, nope, have to buy a new one. Yeah, I know. It's true. That's true. It's not even that they weren't going to support it anymore. I can deal with that. Oh, you're not going to get any updates anymore. Oh, no. They won't allow it to connect. Mm, yeah. Like to your iCloud and other, Really? See, I see, you know, like this is something I really do struggle with because I hate it myself. Like I really do. But at the same time, I always think, okay, so if they're using a brand new type of system, you know, like a brand new, what do they call it? Like, like a platform or, or infrastructure that's completely different, but like 10 times faster. Because sometimes, you know, that that's how the technology works. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, if we don't move things around like this, if we move them around like this instead, it literally moves 10 times faster. And, okay, but this one, we can't get it to talk to this one. So what are we going to do? Stay at this speed or for the sake of fast and progression, we're going to have to drop some stuff by the wayside. So I, it is, I, I don't, I know I'm not sure. I, some of it is just great for their business, but I know that there is some of it from, from, you know, when you kind of look into how these things work, it's a necessity to move forward. Not saying it's not frustrating you know the thing i find is that because you know they they've been found out that apple would make their batteries die prematurely right and i'm like really that's that's frustrating you know but i i, I don't know 
I see both sides of the coin. I'm like, yes, I'll, we always want faster. We, yeah, what's your internet speed right now, right? Like you got ding dang donkulous fast internet. I would love yeah, that. I'll, anywhere between 150 and 200 up and anywhere from 50 to 100 down. It's depending on the day, raining, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But but so you ugly the, fast. Yeah. And all the hardware that would have been used previously to get an internet signal into your house, it has to go by the wayside for the new stuff. Yeah. And so that's how some obsolescence happens. But uh, yeah, I know. I, I understand your frustrations. At the same time, like, so I had uh, out my garage, I've got the very first MacBook Pro I've ever owned. And it was uh, like a 19 inches, a monster. Probably weighed 40 pounds. And that's what I started when I was doing photography. And I actually just maybe two months ago took it out of service because it was starting to get a little bit too slow. Uh, but before that, I mean, I I'd do invoicing on there. I would do late print labels. I'd, you know, watch YouTube videos. I'd stream audio. And I was always amazed. I'm like, this computer, this, this MacBook is, shoot, I want to say I got it in 2010 or 2008, but it's old and it just, it works. I've never had a problem. I've never done anything. I've n I don't even know if I've ever had to just do like a hard reset on it. And, um, anyways, it, I mean, it was getting slow for processing video files. And, um, so I put my next one in and this is the one that I started my YouTube channel on. And that's the one I'm using there now, but I'm just like, I, I can literally turn this one on. So I've got three MacBook pros now. And the one I have, I got last year, my, my most recent one. And I can go back to the other two and still use them just fine. Now, obviously, this one's specced out way faster and it's way fast. You know, you, if you want the ability to do 4K videos, you're going to need more horsepower in the computer. So that's why I upgrade. But for the most part, I'm just blown away. I've never had that kind of luck with PCs. Like, I, I, maybe it's a, a Ford versus Chevy thing. You know, some people have better luck with one, but... PCs, man, always problems. And then this will crash. And then this, my dad's like, he's always like, oh yeah, I got to reformat this. Oh, I got a virus that took this over. It's like, wow. Yeah. But crazy. You know, in all seriousness, for all their problems, both sides, right? For all their there, issues. Yeah. Hello. Uh oh. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm. I can hear you, but it's a delay. <clears throat> Hello. Uh-oh, we got some... You, uh, you clicked off and then back on hey, again. Todd. Hello. Jeremy? Oh, okay, well, the recording didn't stop. Can you hear me, Todd? Yeah, you keep gumming. You keep blinking on and off. Oh, dear. Your internet. Um. Oh, now you, there you go. You're back in. Okay, good. The weird thing is the recording hasn't stopped yet, so our audience yeah. will... We'll enjoy this weirdness, but. Mm -hmm. But what I was saying is for all their issues, both sides, if you want mobile, something mobile, phone, iPad, or phone, pad, laptop, Apple. Mm -hmm. They have the mobile better. Their app support is better. Their apps are better. You know, um, Google and Droid just add you to death. They suck. They put stuff on your phone. You're not allowed to delete. You know, oh, right. Apple does that Middle too. finger you. I know, but you can move it. Yeah. So yeah. you don't ever see it. Yeah. I can, I can't, there's some stuff on my iPhone I can't delete, but I can turn it off and move it. Yeah. You know? Bury it in a folder. You can't do that with the droid. And if I want something to sit down and work on, like a desktop, I have found that 
Windows works better for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as we move forward in our endeavor, and hopefully one day we'll do a video podcast, and hopefully one day I'll start doing it, Apple might be the way to go. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at uh, the Apple version of the desktop, but not that $50,000 thing that we priced out. No, didn't we price a $180,000 one or something like that? No. Yeah, we did, but that's just insane. That's (laughs) something that, you know, Industrial Light and Magic would use, not me. Yeah. I don't don't even know, like, uh, who who would ever, who would ever. Okay, I'm just going to do this real quick. I'm right here. Okay, so, uh, come on, buy. Just click buy. I don't want to, I don't want to read about it. I just want to price this thing out. Okay, Mac Pro, which is the most expensive one? This one here. We're going to configure this one. So base price, 8,129 Canadian pesos. Now we're going to upgrade this to a 2.5 gigahertz, 28-core Xeon W protester, tur- processor, turbo boost up to 4.4 gigs. That's going to add 8 grand. And then the memory will do a terabyte, 1.5 terabytes of DDR4, whatever. Graphics, yes, we want the best graphics card. That'll top us up another uh, $12,000. Uh, eight terabytes of liquid cooled Afterburner card. Yeah, I want afterburner. <laughs> of course I do. Magic Mouse and Trackpad, it's only 180 bucks. Pre-installed software, everything. Okay. Oh, maybe it's not that expensive. Maybe I was exaggerating. So now, oh, dude, I got a great financing rate on this. $5,561.49 a month for for 12 months or $66,737.98. That's an expensive computer. I bet we would make a better podcast on that, wouldn't we? That's crazy. Might need a a Bill Gates level uh, advertiser before then. Yeah. That's so Tell you funny. what, Bill, you give us a bunch of money every show, and we'll um, plug your uh, African toilet system. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. So I, so Actually, I, I'm a fan of that, but anyway. It's the only so, thing of his I am a fan of. I, yeah. I, I spec this entire thing out. And if I just go down to the base memory, it's 32 gigs, it'll save me $31,000. So I've upgraded thirty one thousand two hundred fifty bucks just in the memory. That's dumb. Anyways, I'm gonna close this tab before I buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a surly bike to buy. You can't yeah. afford a computer. Not oh, Todd. Like, <laughs> if I had a spot to park that thing, I would. But you know, you know, it's funny. I always love the concept, and I feel maybe well, how much um, is a secan? Oh, right now they're they're retarded. It's like eight thousand bucks. Those have gone up. Like crazy because they're not they're not getting over here because of the sniffles. No, you uh, buy one from somebody else, not from a place oh, who sells them. No used prices. Um, like everyone know, like people know what they're worth now. Uh, not I don't think every yokel knows. No, you know? maybe not. I on actually your, thought about your, selling mine on your travels around the country on your bike, and you taking a family. You see one just rusting away. Stop and ask. Hey, how much for that? That's true. I should do and that then, and uh, resell them. You put that. Up against the one you have now, cut little holes between them, weld them together, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like a my, double wide sea can. <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife would really love that. This is a good <laughs> idea, Todd. 
<laughs> I'm going to let her know that, you know, this is Todd's idea and she's going to thank you personally. <laughs> <laughs> she wants that thing gone. We want to move it back. Like, uh, no, I just, as I want to build still a shelf. a thousand miles apart, I'll take that hit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wait, <laughs> if you come, come to visit, you? no, I don't know that's what right. he's talking about, Steph. I didn't, I didn't have nothing to do with that. I told him not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said you wouldn't like it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. A double white anything doesn't make you classy. Um, it's not the double white. It's the 12 cars rotting away. That's true. Yeah, I got I got eight cars in front of my house. And the only thing mobile is my home. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. You know, so, yeah, like I need, I want to build a shop, like, I've got a five-year goal to get a nice shop built and uh, probably have somebody come in and do it, like a pole building, you know, concrete floor. Uh, I'd like to have a little area in the back that's gravel specifically for forging. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard brand new concrete's not good when you drop like red hot steel on it, just pops and just deteriorates so fast. Doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be new concrete. It's just yeah any concrete. Um, and I can tell you that from personal experience, hmm. uh, had a hot piece of metal, not from forging, but from cutting, uh, accidentally fall on the, on the concrete right between my feet. It was about three inches circular, red hot and it hit that. And then the, uh, concrete below it exploded and sent shards into both my legs. Oh, wow. I mean, not bad, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd, it'd be nice to have a shop and then uh, get rid of the you know, sea can. Here's an idea: throw it out. You know, probably won't do it, but I'll throw it out. Just take a lesson from uh, our uh, our buddy, our YouTube guy down in Texas. Um, find somebody who builds those things and do a, uh, hey, you know, come build this on both our channels, you know, and grow your subscription base. And then I get all the labor for free. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have the viewership for that though. That's the problem. You know, never know if you have a hundred thousand subscribers and they have five subscribers, you know. You know what? I've got a company in mind that I want to build. Let me see. Just not the guy who built the house. Oh, no, heck no. I would never. <laughs> I, you know what? I wouldn't ever get him to take my dog for a walk because he couldn't do that right. Like, that guy is dumber than a bag of rocks. Like, all the rocks <laughs> in my field are more intelligent than him. That guy. And you know what? I don't ever say his name publicly because I, I don't believe that's right. You know, in Proverbs, he, he it just says, needs a good old fashioned hammer bath. Yeah. In Proverbs, <laughs> it says a good name is to be more desired than riches. So I'm not taking, I, I just think when you defame people or dename, denounce them, like talk bad about them, you're stealing. Like it says a good name is better than riches. So by giving someone a bad name, to me, that feels like, man, you may as well just take all their money. So I don't ever say anything bad publicly well, look, about them. Having said that, you're not, you're not giving them the bad name. No, you're but not, I'm spreading They it. did that themselves. All you're doing is sharing your experience. All you have to do is say, I hired Todd to build my house. 
here's the issues we had, here's what was done to either resolve it, or he ran away with the money and didn't resolve it. And you're telling the truth. As long as everything you say is true, and you don't call him a fraud, you call him an a-hole, he can't sue you. Yeah. Um, No, I know. And you're not doing anything immoral. I think it's um, letting people that maybe you're, you like, or you're related to your friends with be victimized just like you were is as immoral as when people say, Oh, you shouldn't be spreading me. It's bad name. Why not? I'm trying to save people. Yeah. No. And I will say that if anybody lives close to me and they're like, Oh, I wonder what, what he's talking about. Like, who is this guy? I will tell them. I'll be like, whatever you do, do not get this guy to do any work for you ever. Like, and in the name of protecting somebody else. And so that they don't go through what I went through, and try and get taken advantage of and all this stuff, horrible experience. I will save people from that for sure. But blasting them on the internet or on YouTube, I don't see a reason for that. But real quick search on YouTube, the building that I want to build, my building has six subscribers <laughs> and one video. Already better. Already better. That's right. So I've got <clears> some, <throat> I've can, got clout. You can, yeah, you do compared to that guy. Yeah. Uh, you but might I think, not have clout um, compared to PewDiePie, but hey. Yeah, my watch time is so low right now. I got I got to get back on the YouTube bandwagon. <clears throat> I am fully off of it at the moment. You know, here here's a thought for you, okay? And and I think I know the answer to this, but it doesn't make sense to me because I'm the one doing it. Do you think to continue YouTube channel, I just keep doing the things that I've always done on YouTube, like just more knife builds? No, I, I've told you before, I think you should have a channel and do whatever you want. Yeah. And I think regard, regardless of what YouTube says, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the people who practice this, they're just as popular. It's, are you watchable? Are you an interesting person? matters just as much as what you're doing. And I think even more because you could be the, I know a guy I had to unsubscribe to what he did was very interesting. He couldn't sell it to save his life because he was so boring, you know, mm-hmm. and so monotone and wrong camera angles, like the stuff he's working on is not in frame, yeah. you know? So, um, <clears throat> I'm a believer in that people watch interesting people. Um, I think the that far outweighs in 2021 the how-to DIY uh, history of YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the stupid cat video stuff uh, and the interesting people is up there. Now, there are a lot of interesting people that show DIY stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, <clears throat> let me pick on Matt for a minute. Uh, 10 million subscribers, right, mm-hmm. on Demolition Ranch. But on Off the Ranch, he's up there. He's got, what, a couple million? Mm-hmm. Off the Ranch could not be more boring of subject matter. But he has a very interesting, talented dude presenting it. Right. I swear he could talk about a mud puddle and make it interesting. That doesn't mean, you know, he do that every video. Yeah. And it doesn't mean mud puddles are interesting. 
And they're, well, it depends, you know, <laughs> whose face is being held in the mud puddle makes it interesting or not. So, yeah. Um, but you do get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I that's over dramatized example, but, um, cause here's what I th- think I understand about you. Um, if you're not happy doing the YouTube channel, if you're bored or complacent, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the time and the effort. And it takes a lot of time and effort to do videos and post them up on YouTube. If you're bored or complacent, you're just not going to do it. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I've done, you know, I've done this knife or one like it three times already. Ugh, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Can't make me do it. And I've seen lately the, uh, your personality shining through on Jamie the Gertz channel. You're happier. You're talking about your, and I don't mean happier in general, just happier as far as YouTube goes, right? Mm-hmm. Making the video. You're more excited about the subject matter of the motorbike, about, you know, uh, this, that, or the other. You know, whatever the project is. Yeah, yeah. You're just more excited about because that's something you want to do that day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, seemed like your knife making was getting more of a chore. Yeah, it is a full, it is a job. It has fully become a job. It's, and it's, and whatever, you know, it's an awesome and job. And Simple Little Life was started, you said it yourself, as a homesteading channel, and it morphed into knife making. Yeah. And then you felt, you know, boxed into knife making. Go back to your roots on Simple Little Life and do what you want to do. And if people start complaining, you know, you know, look, I understand, you know, this is my channel. You want to make a channel? Go make one. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, okay. And they'll watch you anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. The one thing that's going to help is that I've got some new interesting knife designs. Uh, you know, when I, when I would take orders and people could, like, build their own knife on my website, you get so inundated and so backlogged. And it's just like, like how many chunky monkeys do I have to make? There's nothing, you know, everyone is definitely better than the previous one, but there's a certain sense when I made that first one, I had a pretty good skill set. Like, you know, it was a high quality, very well made knife. Everyone hopefully is better, but it's still like, oh, got to do this again. Got to do this again. And a lot of the fun and excitement, I was, I was trying to look back and figure out why am I not stoked on making Simple of Life YouTube videos about knife making. Now, I think the only reason I had any margin of success on YouTube was because I went down the knife making. Uh, if I was a homesteading channel, well, I'd, I'd still be under 100, <laughs> under 100 knife subscribers. Knife making was, was coming up and peaking during that yeah. time. Yeah, it it is it is so saturated right now. Oh, yeah. The entire and maker I just, community. I just lit, watched part of a video podcast on Green Beetle where they discussed that, in fact, that it's so saturated, it's hard to be successful at it right now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, y'all did it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not blaming them, but anyway. It just is what it is uh, in the makery community starting way back in the 1970s. It has ebbed and flowed from quilts to knives. It, um, scrapbooking to woodworking, yeah. you know, it, it just comes in. And knife making has just been so extraordinarily saturated uh, in the marketplace as well as social media, um, mostly because of, you know, a crappy TV show 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, to answer your question, I think you'd be happier um, doing what you want to do on Simple Little Life and not feeling boxed in to mm-hmm. knife making because. Uh, uh, and that's where I, my I, you know I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, you're one of the most interesting people to watch on YouTube because uh, you tell a good story. You seem very genuine. You have a you look like you have a relationship with that camera um, and the audience through the camera. You know, you're talking to someone. You're not just playing a character on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Um, that's always going to be part of it. But, um, you know, there are YouTubers out there that you see them on interviews and you're like, yeah, that's just a character I play on YouTube. And then they seem so disingenuous. You just quit watching them. You're like, Bleh. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I want to watch a vlog channel, I want to see the you, the real you, not yeah. a, you know, not, not definitely not in the Morgans, but anyway. Yeah. yeah and, and see that's, but, and so, so that's why I started the second channel. Cause I'm like, you know what, this is just going to be, uh, for whatever I want it to be for. And even now I'm like, I'm kind of starting to feel pegged in a little bit. Cause you start looking and that's obviously a really, really small channel. And I look at, okay, what, you know, my most successful videos are all bicycle related. So I'm like, oh, let's crank out more bicycle stuff. And I'm like, no, this is what I did with Simple Little Life. Like, look at my Simple Little Life. Ignore the analytics on your, you know, if you're going to call it a vlogging channel, just ignore the analytics and do what you want to do. Yeah, that's what I Um, need to do. And become, you know, the, the artist on that, you know, the Starving Artist channel. Yeah, yeah. You know, regardless of what, how I succeed or not succeed, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you like, want to keep SLL for, you know, the occasional knife make or whatever, there you go. Yeah, and so so I'm at the point now, like like with all these knives I've been cranking out and, and the soul sucking, it's it's not production yet because I still do everything by hand, but it feels like a production. Um, now that that's done, I, I'm going to start doing some more, uh, I'm going to try and reinvigorate my excitement on Simple Little Life because I think if I can do things that I want to do more, I'm more excited about it. And the, the one thing I look at this is that, so I, I focused, I saw that, you know, uh, doing videos, uh, I don't know how many I had, maybe 10 or more. And then I did a knife making video and all of a sudden, instead of like 30 views, that one popped and it's like 150 views. Oh man. And I was like, are you kidding me? There's a thousand views on a video. This is insane. And I was like, okay. And so there's writing on the wall. It said, Hey, <laughs> knife making. And that's why I focused on it. And to a certain extent, knife making has become a job to me, but it is a good job. And I'm literally, I work for myself, right? I have sovereignty. I can work when I want. I can not work when I want. I can. And also when I look at Simple Little Life, it's at the point now where I've got a sponsor, right? Like Princess Auto sponsors my channel and it's, it's good. It makes a difference each month to have that sponsorship. So I'm like, you know what? This is how this works. This, this isn't bad. You know, if, if you're a Hollywood actor, you got to go and you've got to get into a character and you have to try to become that character and then you have to stand in front of a, a camera crew with other people and you have to say the same thing. Maybe you have to do it one scene 20 times so that when they pick which one, it's believable that you are that person. That is work, right? Yeah, and it's even more work when there's just one person doing it all. You, know, you don't have an army of 
No, I, I think this is way video, less work. Video, audio, camera, and editors. You know, it's just you doing it all. But this is less work because the, the quality bar is low. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the beauty about YouTube. It's like, this is going to be an actual YouTube video. It's not cinematic. It's not, blah, you know, unless you're Peter McKinnon, who does all that stuff. And it's like, I don't know. Well, but but, you know. But, the, but the thing I'm saying is that even people are like, oh, I'd love to be a famous actor. It's like, yes, they're famous. They've got a lot of perks. Uh, but they're acting, even though they probably love it and they enjoy it. And that's why they got into it. It's still a lot of work when they're doing it. Same thing with musicians, right? Like, you love to play music. And could you imagine, here, I'm going to pay you $10 million this year just to go play music around the country. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yes, you can buy the cars you want. You can have a nice new house. You're going to be loaded, man. You're going to have all the dirt bikes you want, but you got to go do, you know, 20 shows this year. Every one of those 20 shows is hard. Everyone is work. Like, I don't think anybody ever gets into this and it's never, ever, ever just like, oh, this, this is like, I'm just doing nothing. I'm getting paid for it. I don't know. Maybe there are some people, but, but I guess my point in all this is that looking at simple life, there's not, I don't, I don't feel like, oh, you know, my passion is gone for it. So I'm just going to stop. I'm kind of like, you know what, this is a really good gig. And I, I still think I have value that I can bring to it. And oh, absolutely. there's a certain sense where I, I can, if I start doing a few more fun things, I can reinvigorate that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll or, go, you know, if like you and I talked about before, you know, stop doing the custom order stuff, build knives you want, or maybe a ratio, you know, yeah. for every knife I make for someone, I'm going to make one I want. Yeah. And, and you just let your creative juices flow and, you know, make a knife you want and then put it up on the website and sell it. You yeah. know, that might mm -hmm. seem a little self-serving coming from me, but hey. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. yeah. yeah I, got a, I got a guy who, he bought a knife from me three years ago. And ever since, well, I shut my store off, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic because I had too many orders. And he's been begging me for another knife for this amount of time. And it's actually for his dad. And I've always said, no, no, sorry, not right now, not right now. And he wanted it for Father's Day. I said, no, can't have it done by Father's Day. He wanted it for his dad's birthday. I said, no. And he finally says, is there any way I could have one by Christmas? I said, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you one. <laughs> and really, if, if I if I just, hey, this is what I'm going to do this week, I can have it done by Wednesday, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, oh, man. I mean, I'll, I'll do it. And especially, like, he wants it the same as the one he'd ordered previously. So it's like, okay. And I, I get it. He's, he's a good guy. He's actually a knife maker himself, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's what I want to do. And then, I don't know. Well, if your dad's not worth you making a knife for him, what do you think he's, how, how did you think he's worth me making one? Well, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't necessarily say he's a knife I'm maker. Joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. His Instagram account is something knives, which is what a lot of guys that, I think a lot of people join, there's people that I can tell that joined Instagram just so that they could follow knife makers. And so it's like, wow, this like Instagram was like nothing for you before. And that's how it is. I guess everybody gets their own little community niche, 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 whatever. Any of the knife makers on Instagram, if you're listening, that send me a private message. If you want a really good custom knife, just contact me. I delete and block you. Mm -hmm. I get one or two a week. Really? I'm running out of knife makers to follow people. That's crazy. Um, That's desperate. Actually. I have two. I will no. I will tell you, everyone. I have two knife makers I buy from. Just you know, 
If you're not one of those two, um, it, the only exception to that, if it's going to be like a charity auction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, somebody's, you know, has cancer or whatever, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I might, but. <clears throat> oh, and the other thing I can't stand is when uh, you buy a knife and then you start getting DMs and, oh, I'll buy that from you. Why didn't you buy it? Because it would have been cheaper than what I'm going to sell it for. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And one guy kept on and on and on and on and on wanting this uh, one of Ken's knives I got. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll sell it to you. $10,000. Haven't heard from him since. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. You know, one thing, uh, like for blocking on Instagram, uh, tags. I used to be very uh, gracious with this, but when people like tag you for contests, but now I'm not. It's like, oh, okay, if you're going to tag me in a post because you want to win something, like it's like, you know, they'll do a giveaway and be like, just tag three friends yeah. and you're entered. I'm like, that is sick. So if I see people, whenever I'm tagged in one, I block the person that tags me. And then I also block the person that is doing that giveaway. Yes. Because those yes. giveaways are disgusting. Like I've, I've thought about doing a couple giveaways here. I've got some knives from videos that I don't want to sell or whatever. Um, what, whatever. Like I'm just like, nah. Sometimes yeah, I'd rather give, give something. Give it away. Don't, don't tag, you know, don't yeah. acquire all these other things. Exactly. You have to follow me. If you want to be yeah. entered to win, follow me and leave a comment here. And say, if you tag anybody... In this post, you'll be disqualified <laughs> yeah. because it's just like so disgusting. It's like, do you really think I have time? Like, like I try to spend little time on Instagram. Do you think I, I have time to check out all these random giveaways that, that you're using just to try and build up an audience really quickly? Don't think so. But uh, I've also, yeah, yeah. Now, did you watch that uh, podcast that Green Beetle did? No, I saw screenshots of it, but I haven't. Uh, is it is it just a video podcast? Yes. I guess I could just play it and not have to sit there. I could just listen well, to the audio feed. It, it, he he very much green beetled it, and it was hilarious. I didn't watch it all. I didn't have time. I caught the first couple of questions, and it wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, you know, the first question, one of the first questions was, would you rather have $20,000 to buy tools for your shop or 20000 genuine Instagram followers. Hmm. And, you know, each person there gave their, you know, what would they rather have? And Tubby was funny. He's like, (laughs) take that 20,000 in tools, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But, and then one guy was like, um, I'll take the 20,000 subscribers, the genuine subscribers, each one of them for a pound. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Then I'll go buy tools. That's right. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. But, you know, what they didn't, what, uh, when they didn't uh, go too much into, is, at least as far as I could find, is why would you would want 20,000 genuine Instagram followers? Mm. You know, what good is that going to do? They're not, your Instagram's not really monetized unless you have sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. Yeah. Um, you don't get money for being on Instagram unless you have nope. a sponsor. No, I know. Yeah. And if you're a knife maker, uh, and none of those folks um, sell on Instagram. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're, 
you can post a new knife. Hey, if you want it, it's on my Instagram or it's on my website. Link in the um, bio. But I wonder what the legitimate statistics would be on how many sales, actual sales, 20,000 Instagram followers would generate. Yeah. And as a small knife maker, could you handle it? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, and it all depends on what you're selling too, right? Like, yeah, because you know, um, one of the, the only other knife maker I really want a knife from is Golf, but you can't ever. I, I probably could right now since he changes uh, production methods. But prior, you know, mm-hmm. he'd only open the books every so often, and then he's like, "All right, books are open." You go immediately to the website, and they're all sold out. You're like, "Really?" Yeah, yeah. But anywho. Yeah. See, I don't, I, I look at social media way more as, not as marketing, but more like legitimately, uh, community side of it. Like, you know, I kind of, I always thought it was a good accessory to YouTube. So if people like my YouTube videos and want to find out more about me, then they can go to the Instagram. Um, and I know I do Instagram really bad. Uh, you know, if you listen to these podcasts on how to, you know, how you should be doing Instagram and blah, blah, blah. Like, man, like I've never made a reel, you know, reels have been, you know, the thing you should have been doing like two to three months ago. Uh, there's a while, like a year ago when video was like the number one thing, if you want to grow on Instagram, do only video posts. And it's like, I always kind of like to maybe uh, for a simple life, give a little bit of a behind the scenes, maybe, you know, and then, you know, it's one of my favorite, I mean, I got a lot of people on Instagram I really like, but uh, do you follow Noel Vachon? No. Really great knife maker. He's from Quebec. I don't hold that against him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he gives so many tips on Instagram. And, you know, he started making knives. Uh, he's like a musician for a while. Uh, very artistic, very talented guy. And he's actually at the point now, like he, or what, he hit some computer. He had a good job. And he's actually at the point now or like for the last year where he actually is making a lot more money making knives and his knives are expensive. He prices them where they should be priced. Like if he, he'll make his own build of Damascus and forge out a really nice integral bolster chef knife and it's 1200 bucks us. I'm like, that's what that should cost. Like for the amount of work he's put into it, hundred percent. And, um, but his Instagram is like tons of stuff and very practical things. Like he's got two, two by 72 grinders. I think one was given to him by a Canadian, uh, grinder manufacturer, but not a lot of expensive tooling, not a lot of fancy stuff. Doesn't have a milling machine, but just ridiculously practical tips, you know, like these little files that he'll find and then he grind the teeth off the one side and, you know, for hauling out wall handles. I know that, but when I see somebody else, I'm like, when I was trying to figure out how to do this, I wish I'd seen this. So he's an awesome. And I love accounts like that where they're like, Oh, here's a quick tip for you. And, and not trying to be sensational. Like you see some people do these stupid woodworking things and it's like all fast forward and they're just doing this. Like, I hope this one pops. I hope this gets like a million views. He's just doing it. Like, you know what? I figured this out. It's really helped my knife making. I'm going to share it with people. And I, I love Instagram accounts like that where you can learn from, you know, that's, those can be almost as valuable as a decent YouTube channel. In my opinion. Yeah. Oh no. Um, it's like every other thing in social media. So many people misuse it and try to scam off of it and 
yeah. put out the most useless whatever uh, to make a dime. Mm-hmm. You know, at the heart, uh, I truly still believe that Instagram was made just to put pictures of your food. <laughs> That's what I love. <laughs> I love if food and pictures. Actually, I like the way you do your food. <laughs> put it in your story. Twenty four hours later, it's gone. Yeah, you I know? put I put one in my my actual post. I did a post yesterday. Talking. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Most of yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's bad because not only are you an artist with the cooking, you're an artist with your photography, so it doesn't look like crap on a plate. You know. It looks like something you're like, oh, man, that is interesting. I wonder what the story is behind that meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I am a great cook. I can't take pictures to save my life. And that's why I don't do more pictures of the food I take or make because my pictures suck. Um, if, you don't, if you doubt me, go look on my Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't... Uh... I took one really great picture here on the property uh, about a year and a half ago by complete accident. I was trying to, it was one, why when I bought that new camera, the new Canon, I was out on the front porch early one morning, the sun coming up, it's foggy, misting. And I was just trying to get the light set right on the camera and accidentally hit the take a picture button. Oh, best picture it's ever taken. That's funny. Right. <laughs> How disheartening is that? You know. That's funny. Um, Best video I ever did is when I dropped my camera. Really? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's funny. You might want to try watercolors, Todd. Yeah. But anyway, finger painting more your speed. <laughs> yeah. Good times, hey. Yeah. Well. I think, you know, we solved quite a few of the world's problems today. So what are you thinking about? What is your solution going to be? Or do you haven't made up your mind yet? It's to what problem? About SLL. Uh, You know, I want to, I'm not ready to just be like, the one thing is I look at it and like, I have a lot invested in that channel. I've put hundreds and thousands of hours of work into it. And I know the market's saturated, uh, but I, I still have a, you know what I mean? Like 250,000 subscribers? Like that's quarter of a million people. You know, that is, it's not a huge chunk of the market, but I, I have a little bit of it that are interested. And I'm like, I'm, you know what? Maybe the way I'm looking at it is I'm going to start this as if I'm starting from ground zero again. So I'm going to, not with the varied subject. Now I'm going to do knife stuff, but I'm going to, I want to try different things and, and kind of look at what works, what people want, and then give them that because ultimately... I look at simple little life as a way to make money, because uh, it is. I mean, it's still you know. Well, even then, there's when I'm your not... answer. Yeah, yeah, and and kind of start with a brand new, fresh set of enthusiasm. Like I'm not going to be beholden to one thing or the other, you know. And even to the viewers' knives videos, I haven't done. It's probably two years since I've done one. I actually like making them. I, I really do. They take a long time to edit for whatever reason. But I enjoy, those are videos that I put out there. I'm like, this is actually really fun. Like, I like to read the stories. I like to read the emails people send me. I like to see the pictures of the knives. And some of these knives is like, this is my third knife. And I'm looking at I'm like, I don't know if my grinds are as good as this guy's grinds. And he's been doing it since he started watching my channel. You know what I mean? But when I look yeah. at analytics, I, I lose like 25 to 100 subscribers 
on those videos. So they'll watch your viewers' knives and be like, oh, screw this, unsubscribe. And I'm kind of like, you know what? Just, Piss on those you know, people. Yeah, you what guys a go jerk away. it takes to unsubscribe on that. I know. I don't and know if I, th- I want those people in my life. I know, and th- and that's what I thought about. Not th- I used to be like, oh, I can't do those then. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not making videos for those guys. Those guys are selfish, entitled, pompous little weenies, right? Now, what about the, you know, you, you give this kid who, who's never going to be known. Uh, you know, there's some guys that ha- I've featured that are very prominent on social media now. Um, and I'm like, holy crap, you know, and, and like. And it's really a pat on the back and giving back to your viewers because I'm assuming yes. if they know about you and your viewers' nice videos, they're a subscriber or at least a viewer. And they send in their knives pictures to you. You take the time to, and you're giving back to your audience. Yeah. And, and you know? the nice thing about that is that I can bang one of those out every week because I've got so many of these things. It, it's not like I have to go through all the work of building an actual knife, filming that whole thing. I literally just take, I've got like, I've got hundreds of viewers' nice videos just sitting here. All I have to do is put them together. And then the other thing too is like, you know, uh, there are always voiceovers. Well, I have never had as good of audio equipment as I do now, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah. in theory right now, I should be able to make the very best quality viewers' nice video that I've ever made in my life. And so I'm like, I'm kind of crazy not to do this. It'd be, especially because of people that, that email you. You know, it's, it's a way to humanize an audience. It's not just numbers of views. It's like, oh, wow, this person actually watched this and they're letting me know about, you know, I took my son out to the garage and we made a knife and we love your Tool Time Tuesday. We've bought, they'll tell me what tools they bought based on my reviews. And I'm like, wow, this, this is actually a real human being. And, and for me, it makes my audience feel more human. So I'm like, for me to stop doing that was a real mistake. You know, it was really stupid to listen to some clown donkey commenting saying, oh, uh, and even looking at the analytics saying like, oh, YouTube algorithm, it doesn't like what you're doing here. It's like, screw you, Al. You piss off, you know? So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm going to hit her, and it's a good time of year because things are, YouTube's actually starting. Like, YouTube winds down in the summertime. YouTube doesn't try hard. They don't recommend videos to people like they would before, and they don't, because there's no money in it, right? Like, like the budgets in YouTube just go uh, during the summertime. And now that we're getting back into school, Views will all start going up. Uh, ads will all start going up. And then as you get into Christmas, it, you know, it peaks. So that's what, I don't know. It's it's good. I, I like it. Like when I look up back at a whole, I'm like, I, I really enjoy my YouTube channel. I'm glad I did it. I love the stuff that it's brought me. It has actually literally completely changed my life. Because if I didn't have a YouTube channel, I would have to be working for somebody by this point in time. Right. I would have a job. I'd have a nine to five. I'd be punching it. Even with this whole COVID pandemic, like I had friends that weren't allowed to go to work and I feel for them. Like, dude, I just want to go to work, but I'm not allowed. So now I've got to wait around for some stupid government, you know, handout to come to me. And I'm like, dude, that sucks. And I'm not in their boat because I started this YouTube channel and knife making. Uh, more so, I, I, like my knife making would never have been as successful as it is if it didn't have a YouTube that went along with it, you know? So looking back, I mean, like it's been a great thing and, and I'm a little bit established now. I'm not starting from ground zero. And I look at a lot of these guys that I know the YouTubers and they make awesome videos, lots of videos. And like they're at 50,000 and I'm like, 
how do you not have a million by now? You know, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, I think it's worth pursuing still, I guess is where I'm at. I, I'll support you in whatever you do. Cause I think you're, you know, an artist. So in every sense of the word, um, I don't think I am at all. <laughs> and, and you're a, a humble artist. How's that? I, I, I would rather say I'm trying to become a craftsman, like a fine craft. I'm not there yet, but. Well, I will tell you, the, um, it took me a long time to admit it, uh, accept it. Uh, I don't wear it like a badge, but, you know, fine woodworking is an art. Yeah, that's true. You're an artist, you know. Um, you make completely different knives, you and Ken. I love them both, and I believe you're artist in your own right. Your videography, your presentation, even your voiceover. Um, I, I have a, uh, a very much appreciation for voice actors, you know, like Mike Rowe that just do voiceover work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're up there with them, or could be. Um, just. I don't think so. Just get rid of that accent, eh? That's right. No, I'm kidding. Put together Tim Hortons and boys. Where are you doing there, Todd? I just think you should only have to do voiceovers of midget wrestling. <laughs> okay. I'm going to end this podcast if we keep talking about midget. Let's, don't, make, don't make me hit the red button, Todd. Ah, uh, man, I think you've got some weird midget fetish going on because this is the second I, podcast in a row where you had to bring I, them into it. I don't like them. I'm just not afraid of them. <laughs> and clowns. I'm also terrified of clowns. But anyway. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> if they're not in the sewer, I'm not afraid of clowns. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, if a clown you. is whispering to me from the sewer grate. <laughs> There's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. I like all those ones they turn into memes. There's a couple of good knife ones I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I see something like that, I'm turning into Cartman. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right on. <laughs> like uh, oh, that black comedian said about white people be crazy in horror movies. You buy a house and start to move in. The house is, get out. Black people are leaving. Yeah. They're not going in the house. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> well, it's a good place to wrap up this show, I think. Yeah. Got to get back to work. Oh, dude, one time. So, yeah. I was using a, sand, a sanding machine. Real quick belt going and sanding some wood. And I slipped like I've never slipped before. And I pushed my index finger nail into the belt and it ground it off. But then it also cauterized it instantly, right? So it didn't bleed at all. But I've got like half of my nail gone and it is so freaking tender. Like those nerve endings on your under your nail bed. Oh, I can't do anything that requires any, like, oh man, it's terrible. It, one of those things, like, have you ever done that on your two by seventy two? Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not not my nail though, not the top of the nail ground down. 
And I was using one of those, uh, you know, cleaning block, those rubber erasers. Oh, to, no, I know exactly what you mean. I've done it. Yeah. Bang. I knew exactly what you meant when you said it. I've done it Ugh. when I was making my uh, cutting boards. Yeah. My middle finger um, on my right hand. Yeah. Tender. And it's the one I use a lot. And, oh, wait. Not just for signaling. <laughs> it's my turn signal. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, like when I put my hands in my pocket, it's like, ah, I just, oh, it's terrible. Anyways, that was a completely useless diversion. We'll end, we'll use it to good. Stay safe out there, folks, but get in your shop and don't grind down your fingernails. And if you do, let us know. That's right. Make sure the bell's By fast. listening to the podcast, going to the your distribution network and liking, sharing, and leaving a comment that you ground down your fingernails. Mm-hmm. And interact with us on social media. Can-Am Soup. Todd's the only one with the access to that account still. Not sure why he didn't <clears> give <throat> one yeah. to me, but anyways. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will ask Instagram that question and get it to you. Right on. It doesn't uh, really matter, but it would be cool. I, I've completely had... forgotten until last week and a half or so. I meant to mention this last week because I think it's funny. Todd gets almost no notifications of Jeremy the Gertz anymore. Can-Am Soup, on the other hand, gets every one of them. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, did Jeremy block me? I wouldn't blame him, but, you know. No, it's (laughs) funny how that cycles and waves because I'm like, I know I follow this person. I'm like, I still follow him. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? Like, why am I not getting anything? And like, nope, just didn't show it to me. Uh, the guy that I got that wood from, uh, the sharp carpenter, Rodney, he's like, dude, I thought you were off Instagram. I didn't get, I haven't seen any of your posts for a long time. He's like, there's some good stuff I missed out on, you know? And it's like, and that's on Simple Life where like, I'm lucky if I post once a week, you know? And he's like, I haven't seen the last 10 of your posts. It's weird how they do that. Yeah, that, a, uh, a- um, that dark one with the copper in it is just, Sexy God. What's that? The, the uh, uh, what is it? A wall handle material? Yeah. Or just a knife scale material? Yeah. Um. So I ordered the four blocks, and he just threw that in as a gift. He always gives you a little something, little something, something. Uh, like the guy, he's cool. And I mean, uh, it, yeah, that, you know, that that handle is so sexy, and I'm like, yeah, Jeremy needs to make a knife for me to buy with that one. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of a knife that Noah Vachon made with that same micarta. And he used that as a bolster cap. And it's just like, whoa. I think you would like Noah's uh, work. You should check him out. Super amazing craftsperson. And I've I've gotten a lot of good tips uh, from him. But um, yeah, and that Rodney and I, we were having an archery challenge and I failed. He's like, are you into challenges? I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, I was hoping we could do an archery challenge. I was like, I never do challenges. I was like, well, I was just thinking, uh, you have to shoot three days a week, uh, minimum 15 minutes per shooting session. I'm like, oh, I'd be done with that. I could do that. And I did it for the like first two weeks, and then now I haven't. Uh, and it was amazing. I was shooting like four or five times a week, and instantly my, like after the third day, I was like, I am shooting so much better than I was. Like, you know, it's not like I need a few warm-up shots to put the arrows where they're supposed to be. They're just going there. Almost like practice makes perfect. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. I still don't believe that, but it's weird. <laughs> no. Well, practice gets closer to perfect than not practice. Yeah. Um, and now, you have to have the 
ability, the aptitude for whatever it is you're practicing. Sure. There, I, I could practice to be an astronaut every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> Not going to happen. It's never been to space yet. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. And, and, and again, this kind of, I guess, to wrap up the it's entire like Greta podcast. could practice every day for the rest of her life, and she would still not be able to be a real person. Yeah. Uh, you know, back to consequence, right? People, everyone wants to be good. You have to put in the work, and the, the result of all that work of practice is that you get really, really good. Just, you know, just like if you sit around, don't do anything, you can get fat. If you work hard, you practice, you get the reward, the consequence. To get good at something needs practice. Boom. There we go. We've tied the whole podcast together. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Well, Todd, this was great talking with you. Again, I always look forward to Fridays, Friday mornings. And the beauty is we can get these out on Fridays. Like it's like, I'm not editing this. I'm like going to put it into the thing, make sure audio levels are equal, which they've been really close. And I hit export and then it goes to the interwebs and it's slick as a whistle. So you guys listening, you could be listening on the day, mere hours after we have this conversation. That's crazy. It is. It's almost uh, like, I don't know, we've practiced Almost. Right on. Well, thank you all I'm not for listening. We're any better than we were a year ago, but we oh, are practicing. That's true. It's easier. It's coming. We have really, really good audio equipment. Yep. The flow is happening a lot better. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think uh, the reason and what we're doing have made this thing almost seamless all along because it's just conversation between two friends would hopefully one day will be millions of eavesdroppers that's right that's right yep so if the 11 of you that are subscribed get off your rear ends and start sharing come on is it, is it 11 you? Now? last week it was huh? only six oh, i don't know <laughs> i'm including us two okay yeah yeah and all the devices so i download it to like all my computers. I don't know. That that one episode back in June made me unsubscribe. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. right on. Anyway. Already. Have a good week. You betcha. And remember, um, get out and do something. Yeah. Oh, wait. Somebody else says that. Who cares? We say it too. <laughs> all right. See you all later. <laughs>